Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I'm having a crisis. I don't I don't really know how to bring it up to you. Uh Okay. I've realized it today and I and I'm I think we need to talk. Oh god, what? I I think I'm having an identity crisis because I think I like Coke Zero more than I like Diet Pepsi. That is quite a crisis for you cuz you've been a hard uh Pepsi stan for a very long time. In fact, like making fun of me cuz I I've pledged my allegiance to Diet Coke a long time ago. I I agree that I am kind of I'm I'm kind of reverting back to I have to take it back. I just have to take it back. I like don't know what's going on. I also I drink room temperature pop. You know this about me. Which I, I think, just think is so weird. I know. I'm the listeners are gonna call me a psycho in the in in the comments, but I prefer room temperature diet Pepsi. But if diet Pepsi is cold, I prefer Coke Zero. <laughs> Both of which are in your fridge right now. Right. So I had a Coke Zero with dinner tonight, and I was like really where the epiphany really sat in for me. I also need to apologize for my absolute spaciness in the first few seconds of this episode because I just looked at Twitter and saw that the Florida Panthers scored the game-winning goal with four seconds left in the third period to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes, so. Shut up. I literally said to Laura, I go, well, bitch, we can just record because this is going into overtime and it'll go into six overtimes, but yeah, Matthew Kachuk scored with, with 4.9 seconds left. and Of course it was Matthew Kachuk. Hey, I listen, I kind of like him, but <sighs> yeah, Twitter is Twitter's having a good time. Twitter is having a good time with that one. Well, welcome on in, folks. Uh, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're enjoying the really anticlimactic conference finals and really the anticlimactic week that has been for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Laura and I never have anticlimactic weeks. We're, we're on 52 out of 52. We don't really know how how to act any other way our lives don't know how to act any other way the things around us don't know how to act any other way so laura how are you doing in this season of anticlimactic hockey with i guess the exception of the the carolina hurricanes being swept by the florida panthers um i am still living in a state of chaos um because as you can tell from behind me i'm still in the same place that i was last week which I also said, which I hope is not the place where I record podcasts, because even though it didn't sound echoey when we were recording, when I listened back to the um, episode last week, you can definitely tell that I'm in like an open area, like, and it sounds different. So you um, get at least like three weeks before the listeners are like, is she going to move? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you have time. Everybody who's listening to the show right now has moved before. And so if you if, if you get into week four and it's still a little bit of an open space echo kind of moment, I feel like our listeners have permission. But until then, I feel like our listeners are on your team. 
Okay, that makes me feel better. But I still just hate living in chaos, but I'm also just, like, so tired all the time. Um, but, no, I, I'm good. We had a, a lovely visit over the weekend, you and I. I went up to Michigan to see you for the weekend, and we had a lot of fun. And you got to see one of my favorite bands live. So that was exciting. You got to see what it was like to experience me seeing one of my favorite bands live. So that was a good time. It was a good time to see Laura getting to be in one of her moments. I, for those of you who maybe don't know Laura in on the level that I do, Laura was in her element at an Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness concert in the sense that there were people walking around wearing cartel merch and like some yellow card. Like there was like a lot of really quality merch options for you in the crowd. And you were in your moment for sure. Absolutely. I have never seen you happier. I was very happy um, because I just love him. And it's the first time I've seen him since before the pandemic. And I actually can't remember how long before the pandemic I had seen him. But he's just so great live and he has such good songs. And he did a little bit of all three of the bands that he's been in that I know him to be in. And it was just other than the fact that like, I'm so short and I just could not see a lot. Um, but I would find my windows every once in a while. Um, it was great. And it was just nice to like release all of that energy into, you know, a room full of good music and a really cool venue that I hope that, I both get to see more concerts in, but also you, because it's so close to you and it was such a cool space. It was fun. Yeah. It's called the intersection in Grand Rapids. I had a good time. That place was awesome. Like it was just like the most open and there were like four bars in pretty accessible areas. And so there was never like a massive line to get drinks. It was, you know, pretty quick and easy. And so it was fun. I definitely will go to more concerts there, but they sell, they sold long drink there. It did so long drink there. I did have a long drink during the concert. That was something that I had. I enjoyed that very much. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was fun just ex- like making you experience Grand Rapids. Every time that you've been up here, it's been for such quick and or traumatic experiences. That, like, you know, I mean, it just wasn't mm-hmm. a good time. So, but it all works out in the end. We also stumbled into an Indian food buffet. We didn't stumble into that. That was very intentional. Well, it was intentional that we were we going out. to get Indian food. It was not intentional oh, that true. we were going to a place that had a buffet. Yeah. And both places are like, we knew where we were going. We just ended up in all, there was just a buffet and they were like self-service or menu. And we were like, oh, it's about to be that. It's <laughs> about to be that. And it was, and it was that. But yeah, it was really good. I had had that place before. But I had never been there. So that was a really exciting experience for me. It was so good. So like good. The butter chicken, butter chicken was so good. So good. Fuck. Oh, my God. It's Come so back up here spicy. next week again. We got to go. 
we gotta go. We gotta go again. But oh goodness. Well, now it's your turn to ask me how I am. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. Anyway, let's talk about. <laughs> You're not gonna share your favorite moments of our weekend or talk it's about a lot of it's a lot of retweeting and probably things that I shouldn't say. Your viewing oh. party last night. Oh my god. All right, if you're new here, the job that I have is that I work in student affairs at a college, and particularly I work with the fraternities and sororities at said college, and I have been living in absolute fear for the last couple of weeks because of this Alabama Rush documentary, which is supposed, was supposed to chronicle the, like, it was supposed to chronicle the craziness that is recruitment season for Alabama and it focused on like the whole like Bama Rush talk trend of the last couple of years, which is funny, but like also like really like kind of cringe. And so uh, that came out on Tuesday. And so a couple of folks and I watched that and it was nothing like I expected. And uh, I'm here to tell you as somebody who does work in sorority life, like it's weird. Like it is weird. Recruitment is weird. That whole thing is weird. And what you saw of recruitment is pretty standard and weird. But it like, <laughs> oh man, it just was not at all what I was expecting it to be, which is good and bad. Like, so uh, it was a journey. It was a journey. So if you haven't watched it, you don't have to. <laughs> uh, but if you want to watch a really bad documentary, you can watch it. <laughs> so. It's like the best way I can think to describe it. But no, I mean, I, well, what I enjoyed the most is that we really didn't do much. Like we like spent a lot of time at the apartment and uh, we ended up going on a quite a journey <laughs> where we built an NHL franchise, the New Orleans Nightbirds and the Charleston Scuttlers, everybody, uh, <laughs> NHL and AHL team. It was one of those amazing it was pretty good i we were gonna have to find a way to put that out there for people to see it was kind of fun it was kind of fun to i do. mean truly i mean i love the nightbirds but i really want a shirt of the charleston scuttlers yeah we were gonna spell scuttlers wrong so i'm really glad that i googled that but we were going to spell it wrong that's okay we prospered but uh, a couple of good years uh, in the ahl for the scuts but not not really much happening for the Nightbirds at this point, so stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. But although you should tell them who we just signed for signed, the Nightbirds, uh, Mitch Marner. So hopefully that works out in our favor. Steven Stamkos is also a Nightbird, so like we've got a pretty decent first line. We're just trying to figure it out still. Things are a little rocky still <laughs> on the back end. Goaltending's kind of eh. hey now. <laughs> Elvis Merzlikens might be on our team. <laughs> he might have been unprotected in the expansion draft, and he might have been who I had to pick by law because Laura was there, but I would have picked somebody else for sure. Um, It's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome on in, folks. We've, we've got some stuff to talk about. Not really, but we're going to find a way to do it. So uh, not a lot going on in Blue Jackets land, but one of the things that I think has been fun to watch. And we just kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier because the Florida Panthers have now swept the, the Carolina hurricanes and they're moving on to the Stanley cup finals, which means that we've got some familiar faces 
in the Stanley Cup final. You've got obviously Sergey Bobrovsky, who's been the story, right? He's found his game in a way that really, you know, he hasn't found maybe ever, but like definitely not for a while. And so he's he's on a tear and he could he could lead this team to a Stanley Cup the way he's been playing. Like there's no doubt in my mind about that. He could he could win a Stanley Cup for the Panthers. But then you've also got Anthony Duclair, former Blue Jacket for only uh, you know, just under a season. And then Bill Zito, former assistant general manager to to the Blue Jackets. So this is a pretty pretty Blue Jackets late. And who am I forgetting? Don't forget former Monsters captain, Zach Dalby. Yeah, you're right. That's wild. You're so right. Yeah, Zach Dalby is down there. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's that's so true. So you've got all those folks down there. And it got me thinking, you know, the Blue Jackets have had Quite a few players play for him over the years, right? And oftentimes we, especially earlier in the franchise, players would leave and they would find success. And there are definitely some some shining examples of this. And Laura, I put together a list of 80, I think-ish players. It's like 80 or 81. Mm. Is it 80 skaters? 81. It's 81 skaters. So it's any player that has played more than 100 games with the Blue Jackets who played at least a game, you know, after the, I think the lockout, the, the first lockout of, of the NHL um, in like a 04 or whatever it was. And so you've got that list there and we're just going to play a little game. A lot of these players played for the Blue Jackets at a time where they, they just weren't in, in the playoffs. <laughs> um these guys, for the most part, didn't get to see any playoff action when they're in Columbus. And so we've got some folks listed there, Laura. And what we're going to do is you are going to just throw a name out there. Whatever one sounds like a good time for you in the moment. And we'll look it up. And we're going we're gonna to talk about their playoff stats after they left the Blue Jackets. Some of these guys maybe don't have any. Some of these guys might have gone on tears. I don't know what we're going to uncover by doing this. It just sounded like a good time to fill up some time. So here we are. <laughs> Good time to fill up some time. That's our new motto. Yep. Okay. Listen, so speaking, on Occupy Podcast Network, a good time to take up some time. We should make sure it's of that. Um, okay. So since his name has kind of been popping up this week for other reasons, mm. I think the first player I'm going to pick is Sergei Fedorov. Okay, so this is an interesting one because really Sergei Fedorov had just like a, an incredibly illustrious NHL career before coming to Columbus. So like he obviously had plenty of playoff success before before playing for the Blue Jackets. But let's look at the game is after they left. So Sergei Fedorov did find his way back into the NHL playoffs after quite a few years absence playing for both the mighty ducks and for the blue jackets and ended up playing seven games for the Washington capitals in 0708, where he scored a goal and had four assists. And in his final NHL season, 0809, he played in 14 games and posted a one seven, eight. So he had 13, uh, he had 13 points overall, two goals and 11 assists in the 21 games he played in the playoffs after he was traded from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So not too bad. Not too shabby, especially for an older guy at that point. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about him a little bit later. Yes, for interesting things. I yeah, can't imagine um, what for. 
Okay, next one. I love this game because I literally have no idea who most of these people are since I... You're going to pick the safest names. I know that about you because you're going to be self-conscious about it. I'm going to assume that this is how you pronounce his last name. Oh, I can't wait. This is actually fun. This is another fun game. (laughs) But I'm going to go with Gilbert Brule. That was really good. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Are you lying to me? Is it Brule? No, it's Brule. Okay. Is it Brule? (laughs) Okay, Gilbert Brule. Only ever played... In one season of the NHL playoffs, after he was traded from the Blue Jays, or I don't even know who was traded. He might just not have resigned. Um, so it was in the 2011-2012 season. The fun game we're going to play here is please guess what team he played for in the playoffs in that season. Pittsburgh. In the playoffs is the fun. So Pittsburgh obviously was in the playoffs then, but... Think of my tone here. What team he played for in the playoffs? Right. In the playoffs. That should be like the oh. the ir- the irony there is is hard. No, not us. The game is after they get <laughs> I I don't I don't I said Pittsburgh and you said no. Right. That's true. Um the Panthers? No, no, no. It was the Phoenix Coyotes, which is why I said, how amazing is it that this team oh, gotcha. <laughs> found its way into the playoffs. So, yeah, so that was the only time they ever did. And he, uh, again, played 12 games. So they won a round, which is crazy, and was uh, posted a 2-1-3 point total. Gilbert Brule drafted six overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2005 for what it's worth. Wow. Yeah, right. Illustrious career. Okay. 299 NHL games. That's it. Um, let's go with Rafi Torres. Oh, good old Rafi. Wow, you would have hated him. <laughs> you would have hated him when he wasn't playing for the Blue Jackets, I should say. Okay. So he had himself a journey after he left the Blue Jackets. So he actually played uh, how many seasons after he left Columbus? He played another six seasons, and five out of those six years, he found himself in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in 2009-2010, girl, guess what team he played for in the playoffs? This is crazy. The Arizona Coyotes? No, 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 no. <laughs> but, like, think same genre. Like, think same kind of vibe. Um, I don't know. I was wrong the last time. You're doing great. The Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> um, like I said, similar vibe. Like I feel like that was a good hint. Um, mm-hmm. so in that series, uh, only four games played, so they were swept, and he had two assists. The next season for Vancouver, he ended up. He had, uh, they went to the Stanley Cup that year, they lost, and he had a 3 4 7 uh, stat line there. So he had seven points in total in those 23 games. <laughs> then in 2011 2012, he was teammates 
with Gilbert Brule. <laughs> um, and then he uh, played a couple years in San Jose, made the playoffs then. So honestly, Guy had had some pretty good playoff luck. So so add him to the list of, of former Blue Jackets that left Columbus and, and had some fun in the playoffs afterward. I need to find one that won the Stanley Cup. Oh, let's see if you can do that off of memory. Well, there's an easy one, but that's not exciting to. I don't know if he won anything after he left. Let's go with Scott Hartnell. All right. So Scotty H. So he only played one season after he left Columbus and he played for the Nashville Predators. They he played in four games and he had zero points, zero assists, zero everything. So damn it. Yeah. Not could have been better. Could have been better for sure. But here we are. Before the Jackets, I mean he had a pretty good playoff career. Well, because he was with Philadelphia, right? Mm -hmm. Back when they were trying to do something. Okay, let's go with Nikita Nikitin. All right, so. This is a loser too, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so Nikita Nikitin played for the Oilers after he played for the Blue Jackets only for a couple of seasons before making his way over to the KHL, where he also didn't have much success playing in the KHL um, in terms of, you know, the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, Nikita Nikitin, not a great one. I feel like he wore number six. That sounds right. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I thought we drafted him. Interesting. St. Louis did. Anyway. Okay. Give me like one or two more. And you can go for ones that you, like, feel, like, safe with, too. You don't have to, like. I know, but there's, like, obvious ones. Like, if I said David Savard, he literally got okay, traded sure, on sure, the Stanley sure. Cup. Um, okay, what about. Oh, God. Do you need to spell it? <laughs> no. Doovie Westcott? That was good. Is that how you pronounce his first name? Yeah. Wow. I also picked a loser, didn't I? I cannot type. Why can I not also not a loser. I I spelled his last name wrong. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh darn it. Yeah, the last year he played for the Blue Jackets was actually the last year he was in the league. Okay. Um, Let's try again. Jason Chimera. Aw, Chims. Aw. You would have loved Jason Chimera. <laughs> All right. So Jason Chimera played for a while. Um, after leaving Columbus. So he left Columbus. Uh, he was traded in 2009, 2010, and he was traded to the Capitals. Uh, he 
played in quite a few series after he left the Jaggets. So he had uh, three, four, five, six series with the Capitals where they um, – where he had roughly, it looks like, 28 plus 40, 54, plus not, 63 games. He played in 63 playoff games with the Capitals and then played in two with the with the Ducks. So do that math. I forget what the first number was already. Um, 63 plus two is 65. So he had 12 goals, 17 points. No, 15 points. And yeah, no, 17 goals, 15 assists. Wow. Rough. That was rough. Sorry. That was a bad one, but yeah, he's probably one of the other guys who left Columbus and found a lot of really good playoff success. So add him to the, add him to the list. Can you tell me why I would have loved him? Yeah. He was kind of like a grinder type. Like he was like very, he was an enforcer. You would have enjoyed him a lot. He was a fighter. He also could score too. I mean, like in his, you know, who wasn't like, a goal scorer by trade, but I mean, he had three 20 goals seasons in the NHL and had one, two, three plus those 20 goal seasons uh, over 15. So, I mean, he scored from time to time, uh, had a a couple 40 point seasons, high thirties kind of reminds me of Sean Corrales in some ways, but like a little bit more of an enforcer. Okay. Give me one more. Give me a good one. You can go to the goalies. You haven't done any goalies yet. Oh my gosh, I haven't done any goalies. This one could be a failure, though. Like, I'm telling you, like, based on the people who I know are on that list, this could be rough. Um, let's go with Steve Mason. And in your defense, the Blue Jackets don't have a lot of goalies that have played more than 100 games, so... <laughs> So Steve Mason did get some uh, playoff time. This is done way differently for goalies, I feel like. What the hell is going on? Why does it just say playoff scoring? Why doesn't it give me playoff stats? Okay. Anyway, he played in five games with the Flyers in the 13-14 season, and then he played – three games with the Flyers in the 15-16 season, and then he played in one game for the Jets in 17-18. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he played... uh, Honestly, I kind of forget he was in the league for as long as he was after... He was a starter in the league with with the Flyers for four seasons, and then things just didn't work out, and he ended up going to Winnipeg after that, and kind of his career sputtered out there. He was definitely a backup, so... Not a bad little career. Look at that. Look at Steve Mason. Look at Steve Mason. Well, anyway, that was fun. That was a fun little game. Thank you for entertaining me on that. All of that is to say that truly there haven't been a ton of Blue Jackets that leave Columbus and make a difference in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Even like Rick Nash. Rick Nash didn't win a Stanley Cup after he left Columbus and he had chances, right? Like he went to the Eastern conference finals to the Stanley cup finals with New York. And then maybe he could have had a shot at it with Boston when he got traded from New York to Boston, but that obviously didn't work out either. 
I mean, Artemi Panarin hasn't really been a great playoff performer for the Rangers since he's left. Um, you know, Ryan Wild Bohemian. Bill. Wild Bill. Now, that's somebody who obviously has had some success, and he honestly could find him, his way to some more success. I mean, this could be a lot of former Blue Jackets in the Stanley Cup final if it happens the way it looks like it will, because that's William Carlson. It's Jonathan Quinn. No kidding. Uh, it's William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall. So like it's, it's quite a few jackets who could potentially be former blue jackets. that could potentially be playing in that, in that Stanley cup, which is cool, except for the fact that they're not blue jackets anymore, which makes it suck. I'm actually looking at a signature on that block that I have with Anthony Duclair on it. And I'm pissed off, but um, <laughs> what are you going to do? I guess, you know what I mean? So things are, I mean, things are progressing toward that way. I mean, there's really no way. I don't think that the stars are going to come back and, and, make it to the to the Stanley Cup uh, final against the Florida Panthers. But that could be a lot of fun, too. But if they could pull it off, that would be one hell of an upset. But I think tomorrow we're probably going to watch this one end. And and if it does, that means we're one step closer to the offseason. <laughs> the true offseason where everyone's off. I think regardless of – I mean, like, let's call a spade a spade. Like, Vegas is going to win that series. I can promise you that you are listening to a Florida Panthers fan podcast right now. <laughs> Yeah. Like with the most amount of certainty that I probably have ever had in a prediction about Laura and hockey. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Well, you know what else I'm not wrong about? Um, our chances of winning money with DraftKings. Yeah, I'm I'm here to tell you all of the good stuff about betting with with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you're gonna want to light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a five dollar bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. If you think that the Stars are gonna find a way to draw this series out, well, then you go ahead and you take a look at those odds. And uh, well, tell you what. Not looking great, great. Um, but hey, it could happen. It could happen. So go check that out. Maybe you want to lay down an early favorite uh, or an early bet for for the Florida Panthers to come away with the Stanley Cup. There's so many different options. Also, some same game parlays that you could check out once the Stanley Cup playoffs or Stanley Cup finals get started. So you're going to want to check those out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdictions. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details in state-specific gambling resources. Okay, Laura, we've been over this. You and I, we we spend our money uh, where it matters. We spend it on things like coffee, a $2 Diet Coke from McDonald's. Really, I mean, it just keeps going and going, right? Correct. Correct. And the only way I can think to, to save money is by, uh, well, really leaning into this dupe session that we're in. Because <laughs> right now our bank accounts are somehow always depleting. And we are looking for the best next best thing at the best price point. And most products do the same thing, but they're priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely won't want to sleep on 
are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. I mean, listen, I lose my headphones like crazy. And so what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a pair. I'm going to get a pair and I'm going to get a spare of Raycons and I'm going to keep them around. So that way when I inevitably lose some, I'm going to have a pair right around and I'm not bringing the bank to do so. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare like I do and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. So they offer buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. That's $18. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They offer all sorts of different features. You know, each pair has, you know, noise isolation features. You can set up your own listening profiles for whatever mood that you're in. And they're going to last you eight hours. You're not going to want to miss these. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off of buyraycon.com slash THPN. Laura, it was one of my favorite days in our podcast lore, if you will, because my favorite days are always when I learn what we're going to talk about on the episode based on your boredom at, at work where you tweet out things and I start getting notifications. I'm like, oh, cool. I know what we're talking about on the show tonight. That feels good. I don't have to think about that anymore. Uh, and today was one of those days. And so, Laura, you sent an ask out to our fans and to our listeners. Uh, and what did you ask them? I asked them. Let me get the exact wording um i asked them what is one thing you want to see the blue jackets accomplish this off season and we actually got quite a few responses um on both twitter and instagram we got one on facebook but we'll save that for the end that was like a cute little thing that we say but so yeah we actually got quite a few responses and there were some people were having some discussions, <laughs> which I always think is hilarious. Um, so do you want me to read yeah, some let's of go them? For it. Yeah, okay. I'll let you be the filter for it because I'll be honest with you, I haven't read them all, and so it would be a whole vetting process. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're more on top of this one than I am. Okay, so from our friend Neff, so Michael Neff. Um, he said, I want to see what they do with the goalie situation. Are you seriously going into the season with Elvis and Tarasov without making any other moves? Question mark. Uh, Daniil is always injured and Elvis has problems between the ears. Okay. If we can debate that enough. Um, interested to see how that plays out with Hutch and Gillies, um, and all. So, it is definitely going to be interesting to see what happens yeah. with our goalie situation. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, of course I do. What do you mean? <laughs> do I have thoughts about goaltending that could potentially sadden you? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> what? Why would I be on this show if it weren't for the fact that we have differences in goalie opinions? Um, that is true. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think Neff hits it on the head here as he often does, right? Like he. It's irresponsible, I think, to go into the season thinking that you should or could ride Elvis and, and Terry 1-2. I think that that's just not 
not factual at all. And listen, you have said it as in exit interviews. We don't have a number one goaltender right now. You have said that uh, verbatim. And, and I think that that's even more true right now. Like, I think the issue is, is that you can't go into the season expecting even, even if we're not talking about the performance of the, of the NHL team and we're not talking about the jackets, we're talking about just the development of Daniil Tarasov at this point. Like, he has to play a full season in the AHL. Like, he has to. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Like, he needs to. And I truly, like, I would need to look at, at his, you know, waiver status and all that kind of stuff for how that relates to how that would even look. But the reality is, is like he is not somebody who I trust in the NHL right now, even as a backup to stay healthy, to stay consistent and to provide himself with enough opportunities to develop Elvis. I mean, the reality is, is like, I don't know that Elvis is performing like a number one goaltender. And I don't know that the answer is to let him try to figure out if he can figure it out. I think that he has been his best when He's been pushed. And I, I think that that wasn't always true for Corby, but I think at least like looking back at it, right. I mean, like Elvis was always doing his best when there was some sort of a, something to prove. And he basically came into this last season knowing that he was the starting goaltender because Corby had been brought back on what almost felt like a mercy contract. And it felt like Elvis had earned it at that point. And whether he had deserved to earn it or not is a question that can be debated, but like that's the sentiment and we saw how this year went. And so I wonder if there's correlation there. I think you have to bring somebody in. So Elvis knows that there's somebody else there who is able and willing to take a spot at any given moment. So that way he knows that he has to be his best. I think that's the way he performs the best. So uh, bring somebody in. There's all sorts of options, uh, whether that's Alex Lyon, Aiden Hill, uh, Jonas Corpusal, like there's, <laughs> there's options, right? Like there's, there's, there's resources out there uh, for, for probably not too expensive. So I think they need to go that route too. I agree with most of those things. Thank you so much. Any specific ones you don't specifically no. probably about like Elvis and Brazilians, maybe <laughs> not that we, I want to discuss right now. Um, <laughs> next is our friend, Julie. Um, and she is just anticipating the coaches, both head coach and goalie coach, what those decisions are going to look like. And I think for almost all Blue Jackets fans, we're in the same boat with that right now. I mean, we haven't heard any rumblings basically at all about goalie coaches, but there's definitely been some interesting rumblings about who our next head coach will be, including, as I mentioned to a little bit earlier when we were doing the former Blue Jackets um, stuff that Sergei Fedorov has, according to some, potentially entered um, into the conversation um, as a candidate for head coach. Um, as I know it, he's had some success coaching over in Europe and all that sort of stuff. So would be interesting to see a former player come back and be the head coach. But again, I do think Yarmo is playing everything very close to the vest. So oh, as who he, knows? As he often does, as he often does. And so 
we'll see what happens. I mean, like, I'm just gonna like let the cat out of the bag. It's Laura and I. It's um, it's the two of us. And uh, well, you can assume that she's the goaltending coach because of the affinity, right? Uh, it's no secret why she's been so so excited about goaltending all year. It's because she has known that this is what's happening. And and uh, well, I'm I'm taking skating lessons to make sure that I can fill that, that void pretty well. But no, I, I think it's going to be interesting, right? Like there, you, like you said, there's been a lot of speculation over the last few days about the Blue Jackets head coaching situation. And, you know, in part that's because, you know, we heard all along that Yarmo wanted to try to get somebody into the role by no later than when he left for world championships. That didn't happen. And so part of that was because there was, interviews happening while he was at the world championships. And so that could potentially mean that he's talking to people who are there, uh, which would make sense or potentially in Europe. And so that's, that's definitely a speculation that I think you can make and it probably wouldn't be an irrational one. And Sergei Fedorov fits that mold. Sergei Fedorov is, is a European slash Russian uh, head coach. And so it's possible that that's who he was talking to specifically, but there are also some other names around this whole thing. I mean, we talked a little bit about Mike Babcock last week. Mike Babcock, according to Elliot Friedman uh, and his 18 thoughts that he dropped today, uh, he thinks that Mike Babcock is out in, in the Columbus search, but does acknowledge that there are other people who do not feel that way. And so we'll see uh, – We'll see what happens. He said he heard that he was out on both the the Jackets and the Rangers, but there are reports that he's still in. So who knows where that goes? But then there is also uh, speculation that the Blue Jackets had also um, interviewed uh, Kirk Muller as well. So who knows? We'll see what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think any of the names that people thought could potentially be in it are. I don't know if the Blue Jackets have any interest in sniffing around Joe Quenville. I don't think the Blue Jackets are sniffing around any of those other established head coaches like uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Like, I don't think the Blue Jackets are really in on any of that stuff right now. Claude Julien, it doesn't seem that way, but I could be wrong. So I just kind of want it to be over with because I want to know who it's going to be because I think that's going to shape a lot of what this stuff looks like. And we're still kind of waiting to do our player review episodes for when they hire a head coach so we can talk about like how they might shift into this new model of play and all that kind of stuff but until then uh i guess we might just have to go on without it depending on what your most pace is here but yeah they need to get somebody hired agreed and in that same breath our friend sila says she just wants them to hire a coach with a real system no more we have no idea what we should do so i 100 agree we need structure. We need someone with a plan. Sila, how dare you suggest such sense? <laughs> in Columbus? Maybe in Tampere, but not in Columbus. Correct. Um, and then Michael Gilmore has a question for us. Come on, and Michael. Hit, hit us. He said, who do we think is most likely to be drafted by the Blue Jackets in a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Or a little over a month now. Oh man. I don't know. I think that like I am used to an NHL where folks tend to big brain these kind of things and the obvious maybe becomes less obvious because other people have kind of like circumvented their own thought process. Uh, 
because of the of the chatter or lack thereof. And so I don't know. I mean, I think my gut tells me that like if it comes down between Leo Carlson and Will Smith, I think it's going to be Leo Carlson. But there's part of me that doesn't know that Leo Carlson isn't going to go second overall. And so that's where I'm like, I think your odds on favorites are Leo Carlson is your favorite. Let's play this game. I'm going to say Leo Carlson is like a minus. I would say like, I would go so far as to say like a minus like 240, like kind of like range. And I think you start to get into like, I think that Adam Fantilli is probably like a plus 225 because I think he's that much of a favorite to go in the two spot. And I would say after that, Will Smith is probably like a plus a plus 375 to 400. Like he's not, I, I don't think that's going to happen for Columbus. So I could be wrong. No, about all of that. I actually think that there are some I can I should pull up the DraftKings odds because they are our sponsor and I should not be making up odds because that is not what I'm good at. And maybe I'll find out how much of a dumbass I am. But Laura, while I'm doing that, you you tell the people what are you thinking? What do you what do you think the blue jackets will do at three? Well, if you're saying Leo Carlson at three, you're right along the lines of Matthew, um, who is MN Wild Talk, so Minnesota Wild Talk on Twitter. He says, make the right choice at three and pick Carlson. Mm. Um, so I know that that's who statistically a lot of people are saying favoring. I know a lot of people are also wishing that there's being some deal circumvented with Anaheim to get them to pick Carlson at two and for us to pick Adam Fantilli at three. But I don't know. I think the Ducks feel pretty scorned at this point. So I don't think that they're going to be giving anyone any favors unless it's like the right deal. So, but who knows? I'm very cool with Leo Carlson. I think he would be a great pick for us um, and would, would make, you know, a really good addition, but you know, Yarmo's going to do what Yarmo's going to do. Then we've, we've been new, <laughs> but I was way off. <laughs> um, DraftKings has Adam Mantilli at minus four fifty uh, in that second in that second pick. Leo Carlson's a plus five fifty, but then Leo Carlson is a minus one twenty five for the third number three, and Will Smith is only a plus one ninety. I I think it's a bigger difference. And that, and then Matvey Mishkov is a plus three fifty, which I will tell you that that is like I would not be super surprised if Yarmo tried it because he has a thing for Russians, but I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna happen. So, yeah, I mean, like all good points. Like I agree, do the right thing, draft Leo Carlson if he's there, and if not, if he's there and you don't draft him, then you're hoping that you just had another, you know, just another Pierre Luc Dubois situation. And you move on from it, but we'll see. Correct. So then Brian, so who is Brian Petty for on Twitter says two new centers and a shutdown defenseman, any way they can make it happen, which also coincides with Aaron Kinney, who says sign a young defensive, reliable blue liner to a reasonably priced deal. So we got a reasonably priced. We've got to sell the whole ship if we need to situation. Well, I guess I'm like wondering like who that is, right? Like I, I think that like you look at the options at at D this off season, this you know, and it just, 
I don't think it does what you want it to. Like, <laughs> I just don't. You've got John Klingberg, who's 30. Um, not bad, but, like, you're not talking about a shutdown defenseman there. Like, you're talking about a guy who's also, like, got some offensive prowess to it. Like, Eric Johnson's not your answer. Matt Dumba, like, I would entertain it, perhaps. I don't know. Like, but at the same time, like, he's had his issues in Minnesota, too, and he's $6 million cap hit last year. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be that high on his next deal, but, like, you have to consider that. Then you've got Dmitry Orlov. He's going to command a lot of money. And then you start to get into some of these guys. That, like, I don't think there's any way that they're going to sniff around, like uh, a Shane Gossespierre. You've got Damon Severson, who is somebody that maybe the Blue Jackets target. But, man, I just, I'm not, I'm not inspired really by a lot of what's out there at D for anything more than just a year or two. And that's all you need them for. But at the same time, a lot of these guys that are the people who I think I would want are people who aren't going to take that term, I don't think. And so, I, I don't know if you're going to get a lot, to be honest. I mean, you're going to have to almost entertain it in a trade. Agreed. We're a lot of agreeing here. I We should fight. <laughs> they should trade Elvis. You shut your mouth. Yeah, I thought I could guess there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Okay, now we're moving over to Instagram to yeah. the comments that we got over here. Um, so from our good buddy Jake from J. Jake Jackets. Um, again, with coaching, he says, hire a good coach who's also a good person. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, who you talking about? Who, who you talking about there? Yeah, some, uh, you know, subtle, subtle hints there. Um, and then Reese, uh, our lovely friend Megan's boyfriend, Reese, says, trade Jack Roslovic. Yes. Trade Jack Roslovic. Anyone who will take him. Someone take him. What are your thoughts, Jeremy? I think we're going to have that disagreement. I think we're going to have it. Because here's my question. Bring in two nude centers, but also ship one out. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that, do you hear that? Like, if you're he- like, I'm not saying that this Jack, like Jack Rossovic thing is working, working in Columbus. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But it goes back to the conversation that we had toward the end of last season, which was, all right, like, I hear you. Like, I get it that there are frustrations with the inconsistency in Jack Rossovic's game, some of the stuff that he can do ar- away from the puck from time to time. Jack Rossovic was the fourth leading scorer on this team last year. Jack Rossovic had 44 points, one point less than Boone Jenner, Four points more than Ken Johnson. He had 44 points. This is a team that didn't score last year. This is a bad team at scoring. There's no denying that. You want to get pluck 44 points? Like, where is that offensive production coming from? Because a lot of the guys who are supposed to be coming up and making a difference in the NHL started to do the, that last year. And they're going to make steps, but they're not going to – I mean, like, they're not going to net 44 there. And if they do, it's going to be barely. And, like, what is your return going to even be for Jack Roslovic? I don't know. I like don't rush to it. Like, I don't think we do it this off season. I think you're open to it at the deadline. If you're not looking at making the playoffs, but I don't know where you're filling those gaps friends. Like, I just don't know what's happening there. Understandable. (laughs) I thought you were going to say agreed. I was like, we just disagreed. (laughs) Oh no, I don't agree fully. I just don't parse together my own plan yet but i can see your point but i do still disagree Fair enough. 
Um, no, I will say 11 goals, 33 assists. So, like, playmaking ability there. He's not the goal scorer, but, like, still. Yeah, I just have feelings. But... Right. And then Trophy Fish 68, who always shows us so much love on Instagram. She is always liking and commenting on things. Says, conditioning, work on less injuries. Uh, She says, I also think sometimes the team puts too much hope on one player. Everyone still needs to do their part and play their position and the game. I agree. I think especially the fan base also puts too much hope on one player that they're going to save the situation. Cough, cough, John and Gaudreau. Um, You know, we're still very much so in all hands on deck circumstance. So, and the conditioning, you could not be more right. Drink all the milk, all the milk, so that your bones are not apparently so brittle that five people have shoulder surgery. In one season. I mean, you have to, you have to hope that that's going to improve naturally, right? But also, like, man, there's no, there's no guarantee at any point in time. So we'll hope for the best, but we'll expect the worst on the injury front this year, without a doubt. But yeah, it just has to be better. They just can't, it just can't happen. And like, I don't know, I don't know how much of that you can attribute to style of play. I don't know how much of that you can attribute to conditioning. I don't know how much of that you can attribute to just shit luck. I mean, some of those injuries are just shit luck, but like, there's got to be some change there. And then lastly, I mentioned it a little earlier, but we had something cute to end on. And that is because she's always showing us love and sharing our stuff, which I think is so cute is Jeremy's grandma, Joyce. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, she said, your shining faces always make me feel good. Love you bunches. She has to say that to me. She doesn't have to say that to you. Right, which makes it even nicer. Yeah, it's definitely nice. It's definitely a sweet thing to say. <laughs> I like how you're like, she has to say that to me. <laughs> yeah, that half of it has to, it's half of it is mandated. The other half was by free will and volition. And so I would take that to the bank and run with it. But shout out, Grandma. Love you, girl. So love you, Joyce. You're the best. Simply the best. Aw, wait. <laughs> Oh, RIP Tina Turner. Oh, man. Yeah, that's really sad. But yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, like, we all have got similar thoughts on our brain right now about this Blue Jackets offseason. I think that's pretty clear. It's It boils down to hire the damn coach, uh, add some pieces. Like, my next game is going to be what are you comfortable losing to add the pieces? That's what I want to hear from our, our listeners next is like, what what are you okay with getting rid of to acquire? Because really the blue jackets are only going to get serviceable talent. there at three in terms of in the immediate future. So what are you wanting the blue jackets to sacrifice? And maybe we can talk about if we're okay with that or not on a future episode this summer, but it's going to have to happen folks. If you want things, you're going to have to get rid of things. That's just kind of how like this whole thing works. So here's hoping that it's not anything too drastic. Correct. Here's hoping. But what else is on your brain? What's on what's on your hockey brain? Well, I am shocked because I was closing out of my Facebook and a thing from our favorite drink came up. Long drink itself. Say long drink. That says that they have a new flavor coming soon. 
And I think it's Peach. And I'm so excited. I don't... Mm, where is that? Where is that? I want to see. I want to make a prediction. I want to see if I disagree. Is that on their Instagram? That's on their Facebook. And it's a man's ass covered up with a peach. So... That's a pretty good guess. I was just going to guess... Ruby red grapefruit was huge in Finland. And so part of me was wondering if it could be that, but well, it, no, doesn't that just make it, isn't that just a more intense grapefruit flavor? Cause long drink is already grapefruit flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. It, and it's like really potent. It's good. I like it, but yeah, it's definitely intense, but the peach on the man's ass was definitely an intentional choice <laughs> on that, on their marketing team. Which I can respect. I'm excited. I am all things peach right now. It's a summer flavor. I can't wait. And of course, always all things long drink. Please. Oh my God, wait. (laughs) Did you see the post before it? No. It says there's two things we can't show you in this picture. One is a dick. It literally is like an eggplant emoji. And it's a man in. <laughs> I love Europeans. I so do too. But then the other one is the man with the peach. Because it says, one is a blank. Can you guess the other? <laughs> and the other thing was the new flavor of long drink. That's hilarious. What a mess. Anyway, we'll look forward to that. Oh, we should do a we should do a reveal. We should do a taste test together on the show. Yes. Also, please sponsor us. Yeah, please. Do you remember that one time that we shotgunned long drinks and nobody has ever seen that footage? Yes, because I'm the most hideous monster person in that video. Oh my god! Ew! Do not talk about my friend that way. I mean, <laughs> give me a put true. up right. Give a put up right fucking now. What's a put up? Put yourself up. Like oh. uplift yourself. Um I have no idea. You can do it. We're gonna sit in this. We're gonna sit in this discomfort, <laughs> listeners. We're gonna sit in this until Laura says a nice thing about herself. Um there's so many nice things I could say about you right now. There's so many. I'm a really good friend. You are an incredible friend. You're such a good friend. Come on, friend. You're such a good friend. I love you. I love you. Anyway. I do look like a troll person in that video. Uh, do you want to do another put up? <laughs> do you want to do another one? No. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought. And T-Way. Thanks for what listening, What else is on your mind, Jeremy? <laughs> Not much, not much. I mean, hockey is like kind of, it's not dull right now. I just, it needs to move on to the next round. I think the Stanley Cup final is going to be really exciting, but I'm bored uh, right now with with this current situation. And so I'm looking forward to it uh, ending. But yeah, I mean, a lot of really, really neat stuff happening around the league. The Toledo Walleye are in the ECHL final. They actually, uh, Laura was talking about it earlier, but they were very much put up in a bed bug written area. this last week in the Kelly Cup finals. So we'll see how that's going. I actually haven't been following that much. My cousin is like a huge Toledo walleye fan. And so she goes to everything, but uh, I don't even know. 
And happy belated birthday to her. Yeah. Oh my god. Happy birthday, girl. Uh, trailing. Yeah, trailing four to two at the start of the third period. Toledo notched four unanswered goals to come back and defeat Idaho five to two for the first win of the series. Which means that they probably are down to one. <laughs> oh, comeback win extends the series with Idaho. That can't be good. Why is it so hard for me to see? I don't know. Game four. Is it just a five game? Do they just do five games? Like best of five? Um. Oh wait, now I'm confused. Is this only the? No. There's no way. This might. I kind of forgot about this. I think that they're in the Western Conference. I think the Toledo Walleye are in the Western Conference. That makes. I think this is actually the conference. I think this is actually the conference final. Weird. But shout out to them. Hopefully they find a way to pull through. Fingers crossed. Who would have thought? Yeah, it looks like yeah, they're Western Conference Finals. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's about it. Go Walleye. <laughs> Woohoo. Woohoo. Uh, Laura, I'm sure there will be other things uh, going on in our hockey world. Shout out to Team USA went undefeated in the um, first, like in the prelims of of the world or of the world championship. So kudos to them. Chris Clark, general manager of that team. So that's a Blue Jackets connection right there. But Laura, I'm sure we'll be having a lot of things to talk about over the course of the next week. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. But if we do, there's only one place we're going to do it. And uh, well, you can let them know where that is. Yes, because you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Subjectively Speaking. You can visit our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, and then, yeah, we don't know how algorithms work, but we just know that all of your likes and listens and subscriptions and whatnot, especially during the off season, because things dip a lot during the off season. So especially right now, it's all very important to help us stay up in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people into this lovely little community so that when things start back up, in September, um, we have lots of new friends to share with everyone. So thank you so much for doing all of that and for your support. And we just love and appreciate you all so much. Absolutely, we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, we hope you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we'll chat with you all next week. Bye.